La 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 la. The human torch was denied a bank loan. So I'm coming at you today from my house, from my basement. After the last episode that I recorded, I recorded in the Attic Studios in Grand Rapids. Kirk Ross's studio, which is home to his podcast, Talk in the Attic, as well as the podcast, Passion to Profit, which is hosted by the, the guest, well, one half hosted by my next guest, Liz Della Croce, who uh, hosts that podcast with Vince McIntosh, the Irie Don, uh, who's also been on this podcast, and both of them have been on Kirk's podcast as well. So... Next week, uh, Monday, you'll see Liz's interview coming out. But this week, I wasn't sure what to do. I knew I just had a couple notes. Like, I wanted to talk about possibly the purpose of this show in a more direct and meaningful way. But I don't know. That I, I just I didn't know where to go from there. So I called my friend Kirk, the guy who uh, has that studio. Like I said, Kirk Ross, A Talk in the Attic, which this, you'll hear the, the audio coming up on here and also on A Talk in the Attic. Because what we ended up doing was just talking to each other for ideas, and <laughs> about an hour into it, we're like, well, why don't we just release this <laughs> this conversation as its own podcast? So uh, that's basically what's happening here, is uh, two friends who are both kind of in a creative lull, trying to, uh, and there's, <laughs> there's Kirk texting me right now. Um, yeah, two friends in a creative lull, trying to help each other out of it, and uh what resulted was a joyful conversation, and we thought we'd let you guys in on that. So whether you're uh, normally a creative ops listener or whether you're normally a, a talk in the attic listener and you're just tuning in over here, welcome. Welcome back. Uh, I hope that you find this space to be a place of encouragement and inspiration because I just wanted to inspire people and give people uh, support that they might not have been getting elsewhere. To, to go do something creative, you know? So that's kind of what I'm all about. And that's what Kirk's all about too. So that's why I think the, the two things go together well. So enjoy our conversation, baby. This is like, this is my off week episode. So, um, you can help me figure out what it's going to be about, man. Okay. Um, obviously I'm going to talk about Liz when I can figure out what her last name is. I sent her a message. And I was like, Hey, we're having a debate about if it's crows or crows. What, you implicated me? Yes. Oh, God. Well, who's well right? what's right. I mean, it's, it's on record. You said it like that on your podcast. Yeah, true. True. To her face. And she didn't bat an eye. And was I wrong? I, I don't know. She hasn't gotten back to me yet. <laughs> She'd block you. She has better things to do, like on a work day, than answer answer my questions about how to say her name. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and maybe she doesn't care. Yeah, she probably doesn't. She's as long as you can type it. As long as, as you long as your the name links, in Google. As long as the links hit up where they're supposed to go, and people are genuinely interested in what we're saying. <laughs> so, what's on yeah. your mind? What's been going on? I saw you, you, po you posted something yesterday on Instagram that suggested that you're kind of in your own head lately and all that. So you, you should do something about that. Yeah. Well, you know, I think the the thing for me, and that's part of the reason why I started doing the the solo shows, was too much downtime in between podcasts for me isn't a good thing. But also trying to schedule like an interview every five days isn't a good thing. Right. So I'm trying to find that creative medium. And I haven't latched on to the good idea that you have of like having a theme and a script and some production, some production value and effort behind it. <laughs> well, I mean, that's more for the listeners that like that's that's primarily for the listener, I feel like. Yeah. And my my downloads for those solo shows are lower, but it's more people than I would have expected it to be. And I don't have the all the analytics to know, like how many people listened to the first two minutes ago. Yeah, nope. And then tap out. But uh, yeah, a, a download's a down, a click is a click. That's how you, you got to assume they're all full listens, even though none of them mm -hmm. are. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I, th that's very much. I don't think anybody listens to my sign offs at the end of the episodes, but I, I still put them in. 
Oh, that's where you, that's where you put the you put the real Easter eggs there, and then only the real tight, your really close friends, real fans will be like, "Hey, that was hilarious at the end." You know. Well, you know what? I think I might start doing that more often. I only did that that one time, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to incorporate more of those. See who's really listening, and then maybe build a community around that. Yeah, and even if you're listening to this part of this right now, whether you hear this or not is still to to be determined. But if you hear this part and you think, wow, you know what, I'll just start scanning to the end of Chris's shows, that's also fine because that, then you can start selling that ad space. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> then, people are fa- then people are actually fast-forwarding just to hear uh, an ad, which, you know, yeah. then they'll say, well, maybe we should listen to the whole thing. Or you yeah. might just be playing with their emotions too much and then you lose your what little fan base we have. You know, that's also assuming that somebody is going to want to pay good money for that like middle of the show ad space um and i don't know how i feel about that either because let's say you know me undies comes up to you and is like kirk here's some free underwear and we want you know a minute in the middle of your show are you like i don't know the middle of my show that's kind of like where i like to have my show be if you want would you be like okay i mean i have an actual answer for this First off, I love that you're drinking from what appears to be a food preparation cup. Oh, Starbucks. Okay, never mind. That's yeah, still it's cool. an old, old Starbucks like cold coffee, but it works for just cold water too. Hey, that's there's a lesson here, folks. You don't have to throw away your plastic. Once you buy it, it's your problem. Do something with it. That's okay, right. so I think, I mean, I have an answer to this, Chris, because I don't, I, I like don't want ads at all anywhere yeah. in the show, really. And so, especially, I did an episode called um, "Your Ad Here." It was like in brackets. And so like people really tuned in, I think, thinking that I was going to be selling ads. And it was a bunch of fake commercials. <laughs> uh, but the rest of it was kind of me explaining why I really don't want to participate in the ads. You know, because I think it's all over the place. I think we can't go on Instagram without seeing it. I mean, I'm advertising my own show to people on Instagram, which already makes me feel kind of grimy. And who am I to tell people to go listen to my show where I talk to my fellow trophy husband, uh, Christopher Talon and and in there I'd then try and sell them to go download fucking Best Fiends or whatever the fuck it is which every you know it's like I I really didn't want to participate in it of course I'm also trying to make some money and do this for a living so you have to monetize it somehow so I'm not I'm not saying that from a place of judgment but you know I actually I did a whole a little bit in that episode about our favorite true crime podcast which is called uh, Case File True Crime Mm-hmm. and it's out of australia and it's only fact-based he doesn't put any really any opinion in it whatsoever uh it's very like stoic you, you can tell he's not trying to exploit the situation he's he's even deferent to the to the assailant as well you know and the and, accent's probably soothing coming from like that asmr standpoint it is and he I, I think he actually processes his vocals a little bit too and like kind of flattens it and makes it even more like normalized so there's no up and down which, yeah. if anyone that's listened ever listens to a talk in the attic would know, that's not a good one to fall asleep to because I'm like, ah! <laughs> you know, and that's but but this guy isn't like that. But there was a period of time where he would break into his show and do a best fiends. You know, it's the number one downloaded game, and it was like, ah, I can't go anywhere without hearing about best fiends. I don't want to play this shit. Okay, I get it. It's best friends without the R. I know. Joe Rogan told me. Bill Burr told me. Uh, everyone and their brother was doing it right. And, you know, I think there's an element of that that really breaks the the concentration. Now, on a a show like you and I did, Chris, or on one like you do with uh, with Liz coming up, Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's you need a break in there. So whether you play an interlude of yourself playing music or whatever you do there, you know, that's not a bad spot to put in a an ad at mid roll, because I think people want a break, too. You know, I mean, very very few people are really going to be able to sit down and listen for an hour to us even if they wanted to. so <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine scenarios in my head where I'm like strapping people down and like, you're going to listen to this. <laughs> I know. Like in a, like some old like prison torture instead of loud music, just playing my podcast on a loop for 24 hours. Well, I mean, yeah, that's one way to look at it. What about, what, what about if you rise to power and you become like an authoritarian dictator and it yeah. becomes mandatory listening for everyone to like listen to all of your inner thoughts that you put on yeah. the, Creative Three times podcast. a day, everyone has to go and sit down on the curb and listen to 20 minutes of live stream podcast. Yeah. I mean, it's hard not to feel like a narcissist when you're putting on a podcast, isn't it? <laughs> like, I really kind don't. Th- I don't think I am, but God damn it, I'm looking at myself right now in this video chat, and I'm like, who is that guy? Like, yeah, I think, I think, 
I think um, podcasting is like the new vlogging where it's one of those things where maybe by the time you're done doing it, you look back and you're like, I hate myself for that. Wow. (laughs) Right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. No, I think, I think podcasting is, I think podcasting is cool. It's just a weird thing to have like, you know, you could be talking about something that was super current. If it's a show that lasts a long time, going back and listening to it, it's like going back and like watching old news almost. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, so for that reason, I kind of keep like, it untopical. <laughs> everything else in media is like here right now and, you know, you can find it in an archive. But podcasting, it's like, oh, let's listen to one from 2016. See what it sounded like back then. It's, it's just such a weird, it, weird pick your own adventure try to get to know somebody adventure thing i don't know yeah i think i think you and i talked about this when you were in the studio the first time chris it's like do i should i call you christopher no 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 no, no. that's that's okay. just for appearances okay um so listen see i'm just gonna keep shortening until you tell me it's no longer available or so it's no longer <laughs> appropriate so see i was just thinking when the first time you were up in the attic i think we might have been talking about this um about whether or not to go back and kind of remaster or even redo older episodes because you know your 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 audio engineering prowess and your attention to detail and all that weren't there yet because you're learning we all have that and i and you know for me at least i've wrestled with that an awful lot i'm pretty much at peace now like i haven't gone back and remastered them i own all the original raw recordings but part of that is it's a two, it's a two way street. One of the, one part of it is people that are into the show now. I want them to be able to go back and hear the progression and the progress because that's one of the themes of the show is that you're not ready, go do it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then there's also the the risk of okay, I I hook somebody on one episode they really liked it they they heard it randomly because a friend was on or because they got a link sent to them, and then they say, well, I'll go back and listen to the first episode, and that one doesn't sound that great. Does that turn them off? Right. So. Uh, I, I, that's what I was wrestling with. I ultimately decided to leave him as is, but yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate that some of the ones uh, that I have with the most downloads were by far the worst audio, but like the guest was a cool guest and they were captivating to listen to. And you know, the, it was just a good flow to it. So hopefully people that stuck around and listened for most of it, you know, or at least got something out of it and weren't just like, Oh, I can't listen to this, but I, right. I've put up, I think, two shows where my uh, producer mentor that I uh, had talked about, Jason, was like, dude, I wouldn't even put that out if I was you. <laughs> uh, so, is that a hard, is that, now is that a hard advice? You're not fucking releasing that on my label, okay? That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> no, I mean, he was like, you do what you want. But he was like, but that sounds bad. I wouldn't release it. And I was like, well, I'm going to put it out there. If people don't like it fine you know i'll maybe just drop something in the intro say you know this was recorded in a professional growing facility there were a million fans and humidifiers and dehumidifiers and people walking around so like part of the experience i apologize for that but yeah close your eyes and pretend you're there with us you know (laughs) grab a bunch of butt and rub it all over your nostrils for free (laughs) yeah yeah put sticky stuff on your fingers and well no that's that could be never mind that could be (laughs) Misinterpreted well, hey. a million ways from Sunday, but hey, what you um, do in your private home and your private space while listening to Christopher's podcast is up to you. Well, you're listening to my silky tones. <laughs> Welcome back to Delilah. We have a uh, Bill on the line. He's his penis is caught in a jelly jar. Bill, go ahead. What's going on? <laughs> I uh, I was really hungry at first, <laughs> but I couldn't get it open, so I just ate the bread, and then I wasn't as hungry, and I just. You know, it. something about the color. It was the orange kind, you know? It, I don't know. It just did it for me. Ooh, Lady it's Marmalade. It's still not open, and I'm stuck in it. Wow. You, probably, you actually you put your erection directly through the jar, through the glass. I, I tried to use it to pry it open, and now I'm just kind of stuck here. Some people can can look back and wonder, you know, where did my podcast make, take a turn for the worse? And, and always wonder why, but you'll know. It was a moment. This moment, right here. (laughs) It was a moment you. We went too far with the joke that ended with you sticking your apparently needle-sized penis in between the small space between the jelly jar and the glass or the rim, whatever. Not necessarily needle-sized, but just you know, very angular. Angular, yeah. Well, now some people can look back and wonder where they (laughs) save their podcasts. 
Yeah. You know, but you know, it's where you divulge that you have an angular penis. <laughs> That's good. You know, I was one of the last episodes I did was with a comedian, and I was like, she said that part of where she gets her jokes from is just living in a world of yes. And so recently I've been trying to do more of that. And normally there, when I laughed and put my head down, I would have just been like, I'm done. But I was like, no, 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 go with it. See what happens for better or for worse. And, you know, if it hadn't been for just going with it, I wouldn't have been on a boat on uh, 4th of July, which I put a story out. I was on a boat. Dude, I, th- I wonder how far I was from you. Where, where were you? We were, I think we were actually in the Grand Traverse Bay. Oh, okay. Nice. So what was the, where are the circumstances that led up to that? I asked a buddy of mine who lives up there, who's uh, on the show, you know, the, the guy from Fresh Coast, had the, uh, the loud facility. I was like, hey, man, you going to be around this weekend? He's like, yeah, I'm not doing anything. I was like, all right. So I just showed up at his house. And he was like, oh, hey, I'm actually about to go on a boat with my buddy. Uh, you want to go? I was like, yeah. <laughs> so we went on a boat, partied a little afterwards, had Wait some Taco minute. Bell really, really late at night. <laughs> You're saying that you went with yes because you he asked you after you showed up unsolicited at his house and asked you? You're saying that that's why you went with that yes and that's how it happened? Well, even before that, I guess, going back years and years, no, my wife was like, hey, you know, uh, go up there and see him. I was like, I don't know. I didn't really make plans. She was like, well, just go up there. If if you if he can't hang out, then go for a hike or bring your golf clubs with you. I was like, that's a good idea. Uh, yeah. So I couldn't that's get a yes. hold of him for a couple hours. Went up to Old Mission, found a natural area, went for a hike. It was awesome. It was really hot, though. So I got back in the car, changed my shirt. <laughs> And then he called me like right as I got back to the car and was like, hey, man, I'm actually uh, helping a buddy put a boat in the water if you uh, want to come hang out with us. I was like, hmm, hell yeah. I don't know. I might not get home tonight if I went out on a boat now, but that sounds like fun. So, yeah, let's do it. That sounds great. And my wife was like, yeah, we, it's fine. You know, we had already watched the fireworks the night before uh, somewhere else. Yeah. So, like, our kids weren't going to make another late night of it, like, for all intents and purposes, we had already celebrated the fourth on the third, you know? Right. So yeah. I'm, for people that are like, wait a minute, don't you have a wife and a bunch of kids? Like, yeah, yeah, but we already did our family thing. Yeah. And by the way, even if he, even if he had abandoned his family on Uncle Sam's birthday, it's none of your goddamn business. Yeah. Okay? So you just veteran, go back to, okay? yeah, he can do what he wants. He fought for this. He had real, actual combat, actual combat. Something that I can't even think about without getting sweaty in my nether regions. <clears throat> well, Technically, I was just really close to it. I didn't get a combat action ribbon, which is odd because this is a whole other thing, too. You know, talk about semantics and bureaucracy. I know we didn't talk about that, but I am now. Uh, The people who did the exact same job that I did when I was over there four months before me, I think four or six months before me, they all got combat action ribbons, but then they changed the qualification for what getting one of those is so i did the same job as people who got it and i didn't get it and the only reason it really bothers me is because those are worth a lot of points towards advancing oh i was gonna say money i was about to ask like not in a disrespectful way i was just curious like does it result does that change anything so it's like a pension issue probably right well i mean you have to get up to you start at e1 usually unless you like did like rotc or something like that Start at E1, and then you have to get up to E6 by the time you're in your 14th year, or they'll just put you out, and you don't get the full retirement and all the retirement benefits and all that. So you got to make it to 20 years to get the full thing. Hmm. So it's kind of a race to try to get to that one rank, right? You know, before before 14 years, most people want to do it comfortably before 14 years. You know, but you, <laughs> you were in. Were you in that second? Were you in? No, 14? I. I signed up for one enlistment, so I tell people I did five years, and they always look at me kind of odd, like five. It was a four-year enlistment with an extra year for a signing bonus. So mm, I did one enlistment is what I usually say, but it was five years, which is a not the typical like four or even-numbered enlistment. Well, okay, are you willing to talk about the GI Bill and what, it's, what you're looking at doing? Maybe that would be a good topic to talk about. Ooh, yeah, personal development, because one of the things that Liz and I talked about was Enneagrams. <laughs> and have you, you've done an Enneagram, right? Yeah. You guys talked about it before on your show. Yeah. Um, I've, I've, I did it back, I, I saw, yeah, I did it back a few years ago where someone I was talking with, like, happened to be into it. And yeah, I, I think what I'm is a- your strength? Like it said, I know my weakness is stress and my uh, strength is growth. 
I don't even know. I don't have it internalized. I know that I'm a like a th- uh, three wing two or a two okay. wing three, depending on when I take it. When I've taken, yeah, it. I don't know enough about it to to know either. I can't yeah, remember I what know. my type is called. It's I just know I'm five, and that my weakness is stress, and my yeah, strength is growth. I think so. So yeah, going I mean, to school sounds exciting. And if it if enneagrams mean anything, then that should be like lighten me up in my brain. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the Enneagram, like, again, I'm not super, I'm not a devout follower or anything. And I, I feel like a lot of people that are, that are into it are really into it, which is the case yeah. with anything, you know, but. Well, so, when she was talking about it, she can be like, oh, this type is this, this type is that. That's, yeah. that's cool, man. Like I, but yeah, I don't have that. Uh, yeah. And I think there's my type committed to memory. And there's a place uh, for that, I suppose. But I also see people really limiting other folks because of that kind of labeling them and then using that as almost a justification or mm. or reason as to why it's okay and i think like hey the enneagram any, more than any the, personal the Enneag- philosophy works for that though well any any the, the enneagram at the end of the day should be for you personally mm. you know what did you learn about yourself and how do you apply it because again it's all data driven it's all real but um well any kind sometimes of spiritually you, you can't driven a, thing is the same way too people should be using it for personal growth or, you know, to get themselves into heaven or wherever. But, you know, a lot of them take their signs and go stand outside of abortion clinics. You know what I mean? It's like, that's, I don't think that's really what they were talking about. But, you know, if that's what makes you feel like you're getting into heaven, then I guess I can't really hate you for it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, um, there's a, you're probably going to want to cut this out. It's kind of vulgar, but I still, I think I'll tell you anyway. <laughs> I don't even know if any of this is making it into the thing, but I'll make a note. I saw a meme that said, uh, you know, your religion is a lot like your penis. It's cool to have one. Hell, you can even be proud of it, but don't go shoving it down my kids' throats. (laughs) Right. Oh man. That must've been, uh, that must've been aimed at the Catholics specifically. (laughs) (laughs) But I think this, the, the, the point stands. It's like, part yeah. of part of christian part of a lot of the part of all these organized religions is like the evangelization Don't put it into anybody else's personal bubble without invitation first that's yeah. what it yeah that's what it really means yeah but at the same yeah. time like evangelizing and spreading the gospel is part of every organized religion because it's a business too so how do you separate the two i don't know you know yeah. if i guess if i was if i truly felt saved by like i i personally like have I'm not I'm not atheist, I, but I like I I don't have like faith in the Christianity or anything like that. No disrespect, I just personally don't. Yeah. Um And but if I were to find that, like how I know people find Jesus and and find the Savior, and they really feel like it saved them, I probably would want to go tell everyone about it. <laughs> you know, it would be some crazy yeah. kind of experience. So, well, so, like first time you fall in love with somebody, especially now in the internet age, like people will be like oh, this is me and my girlfriend, and like 50 pictures of them on Instagram, and then a month later, they're all deleted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You better be really into Jesus before you start posting pictures about him on Instagram, is what Chris is trying to say. Well, man, I would, I would say take that in advice for anything. Because I put out, this was something I was thinking about talking about too, is I put out a Twitter uh, tweet. I was going to say Twitter post. A tweet. That's how much I use Twitter. You know, one of those Twitter posts. <laughs> I think my mom said that. <laughs> oh, hold on. I'm touching it. How does it work? It says it's locked. Um, but yeah, no, I put out a tweet that I was like immediately after I put it out. I was like, Ugh, that was a stupid tweet. And all it said was like, fuck the Olympics, because I was mad about Shikari Richardson not being able to go to the Olympics. And then I come to find out, too, that it wasn't even the Olympic committee that was like, oh, she can't participate. That was like a Team USA decision, <laughs> which seems even more ridiculous. Yeah. Fuck um, the USA is what you meant. Like, the, yeah. And that, but yeah, so it's just one of those things. It's like, okay, does that need to be said? No, that can be a thought. That, that doesn't need to be a tweet. So maybe just everything in general, like, let it be a thought and really think on it. And if that thought just doesn't really evolve, in your head and doesn't seem attractive after like an hour it doesn't need to go on social media it doesn't need hey, to go on twitter I, I i like that i mean i i like not not to say that i always obey that but i do like it and i think yeah. that that's one of the, the disciplines first thought doesn't need to be your tweet exactly it should be thought out dude that's one of the reasons like i like writing out my tuesday shows too is sometimes i'll include a hot take in there and by the time i write it uh recite it a couple times and actually perform it, you know, by then very, very few times has something like completely idiotic made it through. 
Yeah. You know, it's almost like a little bit of a filtration process. Um, but then again, Twitter, <laughs> Twitter and things like that, part of the appeal of it to, to both people reading it and to people putting it out is that it is unfiltered and all of that. Yeah. But, you can get somebody's hot take on something, how they felt in the moment. But like, yeah, anybody can use that against you someday. Like one of my kids is going to be in the Olympics and they're like, oh, hey, wait, no, he said, fuck the Olympics. You know, like, I don't know how it could possibly come back to me, but like. Just the fact that somebody could be like, oh, you remember that one day you wanted to like spout off and be an asshole? Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, your daughter now no longer has that opportunity. So I hope you're happy. Yeah, now my kids can't be in the Olympics. Sorry, I guys. Hope, I hope the one like by a talk in the attic podcast, which seems to be a, a now canceled podcast from yesteryear. <laughs> and I hope it was worth it for that one fan interaction you had there. That one time. I mean, I don't even get engagement anymore so on Facebook. Like, I know my listens haven't really changed much, but like, when I it's don't get engagement hard. on Facebook, you it's like, why am be. I fucking doing this even? You know, I don't know. I think you have to be like committed to like being active to a platform at least three to five times a day, every day for like a month before you'll get any kind of like real interaction. I get more interaction from Instagram than anything. And that's just the one I like to be on the most. You know what I mean? So yeah, I'm it's because you're putting there. in more time there. Yeah. And then yeah. I, I have noticed too, like participating more when you're not just, when I'm not just promoting my show. Even if it's yeah. commenting on other people's posts and things like that, it always helps too. Essentially, it's a guilt tactic. I think. I think if you like someone else's thing, especially, or if you comment on someone else's thing, especially if they're creative, who know the struggle, then they're probably more likely to do it to you. You know, so it becomes kind of a self-flagellating back scratching. But I'm I'm supportive of creative ops because I I think you're hilarious. I I like what you're doing, and I appreciate your journey. And so if that means I gotta engage with your Instagram, you know. That's part of it, you know. And, th- and then the other thing is, when people are reading yours, I feel like you and I are going to draw at least some overlap of a, the same audience, right? And so I maybe people so. passively, maybe people would passively see me commenting on your stuff or commenting on a Mitch Hedberg account, or you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, so yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, one thing I was thinking about on this episode too is possibly putting out a mission statement of of some sort. Because, I mean, I guess that's what you already do when you say. This show is a show for blah, 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 blah. But I guess this is more freeform, more long form, more yeah, stream Plus, of consciousness. Yeah. The whole point of the show is, you know, when I was contemplating career switching, there was a lot of people being like, no, 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 no. And then I found a few people that were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I started meeting more people that were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, you know, this... I just through the podcast even right more and more people that you meet that are like yeah do it dude like that they look at you right in the face and they're like yeah that's not a stupid idea at all dude do it you know what i mean when so many other people just look at you like oh like i want this to be a place where people can be like oh this is where i go to get that like yeah do it you know 100 percent. There, there's a lot of look you're you're thir- you're almost 40 are you 40 I'm, I turned 38 this year. 38. So you and I are the yep. same age. I'll be 37 this year. So, look, we, we, we've we've been we're in our mid 30s, almost 40, and yeah, we spent so a lot. Our podcasts are like our midlife crises, well, right? They, I mean, it's better than buying a fucking <laughs> uh, Mazda Miata or something, you know. And, and but but at the same time, it's like we've spent a lot of our time probably stowing our creative sensibilities or creative interests inside ourselves so much so that you join the fucking military man that's like yeah. the opposite of creative no offense to the military but like it's all about discipline and structure it's you're following rules there right it made me popular when we were places where there was no uh like cable or radio when i had a guitar people were like hey it's the guy let's yeah. let's all sing a song you just play that thing on a loop man i was like all right yeah because it's devoid of i mean by by necessity that place is devoid of creativity so so yeah. you we, we spent a lot of that time i was an engineer working with the japanese oems another place where from an ingenuity on a design level might be interesting, but it's pretty structured. It's as rule based as you can get in engineering. And you know, here we and are. Your creativity now. is probably limited by like, well, this is kind of our, the look that we like to go for. You're and completely, is- yeah, you're being told all the things. The creativity becomes okay. How do we make all this stuff work in unison? Not hey, what do we want to make the output? The output's determined. It's more like how you get there. So now you and I are both in the second phase of our lives, or probably more like nineteenth phase. Depends who, how you're counting. And we're we're we know what it feels like now to really be able to pursue our creative passions without so much concern about what other people think. Look, you yeah. have an awesome wife. You have awesome kids. She let you go away on 4th of July without, you know, she encouraged it. 
she wants she's seeing a change in you and wants to see you be more creative too and now we want to spread the word in a way we kind of want to evangelize people if you will about hey fucking do it even if you suck at playing the cello and you haven't done it since college or you haven't done it since you were nine do it who it doesn't have to be played it doesn't have to be for anything it could it doesn't have to be a tweet it can be a thought it doesn't have to be a podcast it can be you messing around with your cello in your attic and i guarantee you you'll find benefit from that and i think my mission is similar to yours which is that like let's show people that that you can do it and it doesn't have to be anything it doesn't have to have expectations yeah it doesn't have to be a career switch it can be yeah starting a blog or whatever anything yeah right and you see a lot of you see a lot of people channel where you review books that you read yeah i mean i I want a guy that i'm trying to kind of connect with through a friend he's a holland based guy and he's pretty funny he's comical i'm not going to say his name here well take this part out okay okay um I'm not even going to say his name here, but you can still probably take this part out. But this dude, like, now he's been posting YouTube videos of himself reacting to other stuff. And in terms yeah, yeah, yeah. of in terms of creative value, I find fucking zero creative value there. Okay? It's different if you're, like, giving some interesting take, but it's, if it's you, the, the whole point of it is watching you giggle and make stupid comments to yourself about something that also isn't that great. Yeah. Get it the fuck out of here. Like that's crowding the marketplace. Add something. Sorry. Add something <laughs> of. Oh, add something of uh, value. You know, like even if you're gonna be, even if you're gonna be reviewing, I, there's value in cr- critique and review. But uh, you better be offering something to it to improve the perspective. I don't know. You know, you can do what you want, but yeah. No, I saw some of those videos that are actually great. Like there was a. Me too. There was a guy in Hawaii who's uh, like a music professor, and he listens to tool songs or you know some top 40 and he'll be like this is why this song is actually better than you think and yeah, like, the, again he's adding a perspective to it yeah you know but ma- imagine if it was just that guy except he isn't the professor of hawaii music in hawaii or whatever and like, he's this just part, this part here this part sucks <laughs> no it's less than that dude christopher it's like this <laughs> it's fucking hilarious <laughs> oh oh I've watched a lot of kids watch the videos where it's just like old people watching music that they like and just going, I don't understand what they're saying. <laughs> Again, that sounds kind of funny too. That is kind of funny. Like old people are always kind of cute. Yeah. Yeah, of course. There's an old guy that I follow on, uh, I guess it's, I guess it's YouTube who only started like replaying the he's been he's obviously a good musician but only recently started kind of doing it and like performing live or at least putting it out there for the internet and oh my god he has this death cab for cutie uh cover that he did it was like the first one i saw but it's just a door it's amazing he's he's super talented but he's also just a sweet guy he's got like cats in the background and like you kind of guy you want to go and just have maybe have an orange juice with or something yeah and you know what (laughs) that guy probably was like a dentist his whole life and never even told people he did stuff like that until he was like i got nothing to lose i'm old yeah right and, and maybe that's fine too, he's probably you know? happier than he's ever been of course yeah. he's definitely getting more like nude pictures sent to him by by fan fans uh what a cute little guy here he'll like these <laughs> <laughs> oh shit uh, i kind of want to just release this conversation on my show if you're not going to use it you know what we can put them on both of ours and just say like, Oh, are you going to put their conversation on? Or are you going to do a show after? Um, cause I could ask you some leading questions to, to get into the meat of your show. You know what I mean? So if it's going to be in this format, then it would feel like this format, but whatever you want to do. I don't know. I might cut it up and just sprinkle some stuff in. I don't know. Yeah. You could always do that too. Like di- interject like your own thoughts into a part of our conversation or something. That's kind of fun, right? That's the beauty of like a podcast where you're the sole person. Like, yeah. how great does it feel? You don't have to do it the same fucking way every time. It's cool. Yeah, yeah, it's it's fun, but I uh, I don't have as much fun with it as you do. So, yeah, sorry. That's the the I got to start thinking about audio or not audio. <laughs> that's the whole <laughs> that's the whole point. I got to start thinking about video though. I could just use these, but I don't know. That's what I do with remote ones. Yeah. Yeah. Most of mine have been remote lately. Just because, well, a lot of people have been far away, but also some people, less now, but in the last couple of months, we're still kind of like, eh, I don't really know about going over somewhere. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's, I think there's value in both ways of interviewing. Yeah. I think there's pluses and minuses. 
of both. It's a lot better this way if the other person has really good audio equipment, though, or at least audio equipment that's not just like a their computer. I bought a uh, I bought like a seventy dollar, I think it's down in Jessica's office, but a seventy dollar office mic that's like by Sure, so the same mm. as this. Yeah, um, I think it's called oh, the sure. MV Seven or something. And I just set, I've been sending that now to people. I've used it twice, so I'll, I'll send it to them, and then I'll just uh, include a prepaid label back, and they ship it back to me. Of course, you run the risk of someone stealing it, but come on, it's unlikely. <laughs> it's unlikely. It's more likely that someone just would forget or something, forget to send it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I see a lot of people doing this too, like on their. Uh... Oh, dude. The first, like the first one or two remotes that I did, my my producer was so mad at me because I, I had such a terrible setup. It was an old mic that I from like ten years ago that was meant for like singing into on a stage. You have to get like right on top of it. <laughs> um, and before I even had that, actually, before I had that, I used like a, a headphone one from an earbud and i just like used a like a paper clip you know those like big thick paper clip ones yeah binder clip yeah yeah a binder clip to make sure that it was facing up towards my mouth <laughs> did it he work was like barely <laughs> but he was like he was like dude this is this is like embarrassing to watch you need to get a microphone <laughs> hilarious then i used my old microphone he was like yeah that microphone's not cutting it and then eventually you know i got the arm and the thing and all that now yeah, i kind of look like i know what i'm doing your setup sounds good. I mean, that's a thing. Uh, I'm, I'm getting ready to have this conversation with some of the people that are using my facility. It's kind of like it's it doesn't cost that much to get started, and not everyone's ready to have the commitment that comes with like coming to a recording studio and buying my time, you yeah. know. And also, do I want to put my time into something that isn't ready yet? And that's not in a disrespectful way. It's just like I have limited bandwidth, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I need to be very choosy with my time because this is not the primary deal for my wife and i right so you know yeah, but I, not everybody can do like a joe rogan style show where it's like oh we'll just hang out for like four hours yeah they, they, and they can but there's not if there's nothing being said it's like i don't necessarily want to be part of that <laughs> right, like, right. Yeah, we'll just trim this down to like the tight hour and a half yeah trim uh, it down which that's that's not gonna be fun that's gonna take like 12 hours to trim four hours ex exactly it's either gotta be you either gotta come in tight and hot which mm -hmm. is disgusting that's a, i know that's a sexual thing to say but you got to come in like come in with some good good positions have it be uh, tight or scripted or outlined at least or you have to come in with and be a really good conversationalist and ready to roll and you or better you have you better be able jelly to jar. talk about everything next thing you know you're you know now your scrotums in there as well yeah and everyone's wondering how did, how did that even happen yeah well angular it's like twisted like a garlic knot oh my god Grand Rapids Pizza Department used to have those. These like, you know what the fuck are those things called? Oh, I know what you're talking about. I, I can't think of it either. Gr crusties, yeah, like gr crusties or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, shout out to the locals. Sometimes, <sighs> sometimes when I'm feeling when I don't have confidence, I'll put this on. Bro, that is sick. It gives you confidence like, almost immediately. Confident that you, people are going to probably assume that you're somehow appropriating but it has nothing to do with that i was gonna say right now you look like post malone i can't stop thinking you look just like post malone ooh, and all you did was put that big chain on ooh, 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 ooh. have you heard that song feeling whitney i don't know i don't know if i have or not you should definitely check that out it's a posty song it's from when he was like 17 he wrote it i think it's good oh dang i, I know I that would one that he hasn't recorded in the studio, but I love listening to the live version is the uh, when he does Return of the Mac. Oh, I haven't heard that. Yeah, he did it on Seth Rogen's Hilarity for Charity. But yeah, you can find it just like the isolated on YouTube. Yeah, I'll type that in. Yeah. I know a couple weeks, or maybe last year during quarantine, he did like a Nirvana, a full Nirvana scent sponsored by Bud Light or something. Oh, no shit. Yeah, he's super into that. <laughs> I, like, I told you about how my mom, you saw the paintings, how my mom is like obsessed with Post Malone. No, hold on a second. Okay, your mom is obsessed with. I, do, you, do you remember when you were here and there was like there was like there were Elton John and then a Post Malone. I saw the Elton John. Yeah, I, and then maybe there were talked about the Elton John. I didn't see the Post Malone at all. I'll send you some pictures of it, but it's by a local artist. Um, 
who, who I, I asked, I guess, commissioned, but God, it's hard to not feel like an asshole saying that. I commissioned a local, local artist. Uh, I asked her through Instagram, and she agreed. So we, yeah. we, we I contracted. Um, but she ended up doing an, two Elton John. I think or, you sorry, want to say contracted, not contracted. I contracted a terrible illness called a so love I for post I contracted something from a local artist. <laughs> right when I said it that way, I was like, oh, God. Hopefully so, he won't stop on that. Yeah, she... Uh, <laughs> I was going to give her name, but I don't want to, now I don't even want to bring her into this mess. So, so anyway, I, I commissioned, I'm just going to say it would have been easier if I just said it. I commissioned her to, to paint a Post Malone painting, an Elton John painting, and then a hybrid of, of the two of them. And that was like, and the reason for that is my mom's lo- my mom's got a longstanding love affair with the music of Elton John. Like she's seen him in concert many times. I've seen him once with her, I think maybe twice, but she's seen him a dozen times. It's, it's her person, right? Until yeah, yeah. Po- until Post Malone came along, and for some reason it, I can explain why, but I don't really know exactly why it resonates with her. But the way she explains it is that he's very authentic and he's just himself and all that, which is cool that she sees that, you know. And yeah. I do agree with her on that. But it's it, put it this way: I don't think there's a lot of Elton John turned Post Malone fans out there in terms of like holding that top spot of music lower. And so I, I anyway I delivered those to my mom last week, and she thought they were so fucking awesome. She was like in love with them. She's already got him hanging in her in her like music room, and it's funny. She should hang out with my parents sometime because my dad listens to like. Bye. <laughs> um, yeah, because she listens to or my dad listens to a, a, well, like I said, he used to listen to Jim Croce on on his vinyls, that kind of music. Sale. That like yeah, that kind of like feel good with the beat type of music from the seventies. Yeah. But uh, then he got really into '90s West Coast rap, so I, lo- I love it. Yeah, so he was always like, "Can't fuck with this." Just walking around the house. <laughs> hey, do you know a song by Mungo Jerry? In the summertime, uh, when the when weather the, is fine, you gotta try to pay in touch. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to say it came to chance, but I made a summertime playlist, and I personally added that song. It was, it was a good song. I remember it being a good song. And then just today on the way, before I got on to record with you, I listened to that song on, in the car, and it came on on the playlist, and it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> there was one. I mean, first off, the whole basis of it is, if her dad, he, he says, if a daddy's rich, take her out for a meal. If a daddy's poor, just do what you feel. <laughs> okay, so again, it's already kind of setting up like, okay, you're going to just take advantage of the poor girl. And I've then, never listened that closely. And then, and then there's another line in it where he says, uh, have a drink, have a drive, go out and see what you can find. <laughs> it's like just advocating for drinking and driving. It's quite a song. Quite a song. <laughs> but it does have that feel good like that about that song is a menace i guess yeah if you if you put it to the right music you can say whatever you want that's the thing <laughs> people be like oh yeah that's in my raindrops falling on my head playlist yeah, exactly really i mean you may want to read this might be pro- mungo jerry is actually problematic okay now yeah i want to stop right there because mungo jerry is not problematic just We're like not the calling co- for canceling mungo we, jerry. let's not cancel mungo jerry he's one of the few mungos left <laughs> okay I don't either. I'm not sure what it is. That could honestly that possibly is that could be, his first name or is that possibly I, think, I, I don't know, but I, we should probably identify what that word means before we He's like, release that, it. But. That might have meant something different then than it means I know. now. <laughs> Someone's be like, oh Yeah. You still waiting on the book patiently? Still waiting patiently. I mean not super patiently. I think that's part of the reason why I've been stressed out is because I like trying to move things forward. Even if they're not moving forward, knowing that I'm trying to move them forward. Yeah, but when you're in a point where it's like, just sit and wait, man. Like, there's nothing I can do to make it happen faster. That's like, argh, frustrating for me. I hear you. He's got to keep doing the work, I guess. Keep writing and keep making creative shit. That's all you can do. Yep. And slowly chipping away at this other book that I'm writing. I just finished a another notebook in that. And then you know, if I get this one published, then they'll want to edit it, so I'll have to stop that. Come back to this other one. I don't know. It's not like a, it's not like a, oh, my life sucks. This is terrible news. No, it's yeah. just a, you know, anytime you do anything, even if it's something you love doing, it's like, oh, I got to do that part now. Okay. You know, so I shouldn't yeah. complain. I should be looking at it like, oh, good. I'm doing the thing I love. Even the parts of it that I don't like that much are better than the time when I was a kid and I worked at Little Caesars. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, yeah. 
and yeah, you have to all the work you're doing now. If you can land this publishing deal, not if when you land this publishing deal, like the next the next deal will be, you'll have a team to help you a little more. You know, yeah. you don't have to be a. It doesn't act like you have to be the next Daniel Steele to get a little bit of support. And then you don't have to do I won't the shit have that you to hate. Spend as much time trying to prove myself, unless the book does really poorly. <laughs> yeah, but don't you think the the, the <laughs> whole point is that if the publishers take a chance, it's because they don't think it's going to do poorly. So they would all be wrong. Yeah, you guys would all be in it together, you and know, they'll make it. and they'll hedge their bets. You know, they'll. I mean, it's not a, a huge publisher that's got it right now, so it wouldn't be a ton of money anyway. But they'll say like, okay, you know, we can give you twenty bucks think we'll make our money back on that and then we'll get royalties or you know whatever right so yeah. i'm not gonna i'm not gonna uh buy a new house with the whatever deal might come but <laughs> yeah but man you're yeah. gonna feel like you're gonna feel like you're on top of the world though when, when you get someone but, else yeah. to agree to write help you with your book that's that's gotta feel awesome that'll feel yeah, like the feel first great. real step towards maybe someday getting to a point where i do buy a house with with a book that i sell you know right that's I mean, not I don't mean to sound materialistic, but because that's not the goal either is to like become wildly successful. It's just to be able to say like, I don't need any other source of income other than what I can create yeah. on my own. It's self-reliance and it's from nothing. Yeah. It's from, a, yeah. it's from like here and here. That's what writing's why writing so, so cool. It's you not, can about, create a, it's out not about a certain number of dollars or a certain neighborhood that i want to try to live in someday it's just the being able to be like i do what i want and i get paid for it 100 percent. yeah 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 i mean that's that's gonna happen again i think the only difference between the people that can say that that is the, their situation and those who can't say that are the ones that give up right i mean yeah. like yeah yeah really and and yeah a lot of people i just one of the guys that i interviewed well Two guys from the same band that I interviewed are playing at the Upheaval Festival, July 17th in downtown Grand Rapids. Um, Heartsick. Uh, they've been a band for like 20 years. Can we get them in they, the attic to do a live set? Probably. It would be loud. Good. They'd have to strip <laughs> it down a little bit, but yeah. They, I mean, they, they scream. They play loud. Um, but uh, yeah, probably. But they've been getting more heat lately, and people have been calling them an up-and-coming band. That's and cool. like they've they've been playing for two decades, but they're an up and coming band in the eyes of like people that are, you know, looking at these sites or listening to these stations or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, hundred percent. That's like so. th- when I first when I first started listening to Modest Mouse, it was after like they had become a little bit more famous and they were like yeah. you know, doing pretty well. Me too. They were all- like, oh, I've been listening to them ever since uh, Moon Over Antarctica. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, right. It's like uh, that's roughly when I kind of got into them, but I instantly got into like Lonesome Crowder West and all their older stuff. And of course, I prefer that stuff. But then you find out, well, they're living in their cars during that era, you know. And there's yeah, that's the yeah, you, yeah. Like, well, what's you don't really face? wish that. You don't really want that. You don't want Isaac Brock to be a junkie anymore. Isaac Brock, but, there you go. But, yeah. But, but you appreciate. That the, I used to live in art. my car, and now I don't. And it's because I sold one of my songs to a Chevy commercial or whatever it was. He's like. So if you want to say that I sold out and you don't want to support me anymore, that's that's fine because I'm doing better now without your support. <laughs> right. I mean, and by the way, like some I saw some people bitching about Red Hot Chili Peppers. Some people are bitching about Modest Mouse's uh, new album. And I'm sure I quoted that mis mis terribly ugh, terribly misquoted that. I can't even talk. Yeah, but that's the uh, gist of it. That's the gist. Yeah. Of it. But when people yeah, complain yeah. about like bands selling out and stuff like that that's another example like would you shut up <laughs> like you know how hard it is to to make get anyone to listen to your song let alone people willing to get people willing to spend money and like big money to use it because they deal with it people it's not yeah, yours it's, like, it's their well, they art. use they use looping and midi tools now it's like well i mean do you want them to make the same garage album for 30 years in a row that's what i some we were just talking about this past weekend we i met a guy who's in a metal band and uh we were talking about oh, what if Bach or Beethoven could like just zap into the present times, and he, and somebody asked me like, well, what do you think they would think about what's going on? And I would say they would probably be mad at us for not fucking taking better advantage of all the technology we have. He, they right. would probably say something like, wait, you're still just the biggest thing that you guys think is still selling out is using an electronic keyboard to n- manipulate sounds. You should be doing all sorts of crazy shit, you know? Yeah. Like like you're not. Why are you trying to mimic something that they started doing in the 1700s in terms of musical composition? You know, it's like. Yeah, if Mozart was alive now, he'd probably be Mark Rebier. 
He would do something that would that would be too traditional. It'd be too format formulaic, probably for him. <laughs> yeah, you know, think about how outside of the box those dudes must have been thinking when they were like creating. Mozart was deaf, right? Uh, Beethoven went deaf. Mozart was the one who like liked poop jokes. Oh, he did. Yeah. Oh, he would be like. Mark They've got like letters that. that he wrote to his female cousin, and they were all like butt and poop jokes. <laughs> yeah. Very, very sophomoric sensibilities. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's the thing we already know. the be... best music ever. Everyone's like, oh, Mozart, fucking genius, man. And then you go back and meet him, he's like. <laughs> yeah, he was like, he was like vividly describing his farts to her. Then, okay, then now the third movement, bowel movement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could totally imagine that guy like farting and then waving it over at like the first chair violin. <laughs> And then there's like infighting, like, I don't want to be first chair. I don't want to yeah. be first chair. Why? Because he keeps farting on us. <laughs> Some oh, si- stinky, stinky Mozart. <laughs> you know, Elton John can like play Benny. Uh, the one time I saw him, maybe twice. I think oh, it's and once. they like cross his hands over and. He can like get underneath the fucking piano and like. Yeah. And uh, that movie Amadeus about Mozart, it's like there's a part where, where Mozart's doing that. And I think I'm pretty sure that's Elton John doing that. Oh, like it he, might be if they, they needed him, somebody to actually do it like properly. no they did and i'm pretty sure like i'm pretty sure that was him like he they cast him as that like extra on that role and he already dresses like that sometimes yeah they're, he's like well i don't know if i can make it what kind of role is it i'm in my 18th century get my poof attire <laughs> how uh are you it's okay if i have a beehive puttered wig perfect <laughs> have you seen rocket man no no I, I kind of tapped out on a lot of those music biopics after I saw, um, I think the Johnny Cash one and then the the Ray Charles one, and then after that I was just kind of like, eh. Okay, well, two things: Dewey Cox. Have you seen Dewey Cox? I saw that one. That's great. I think it really makes that fun of the genre. Kind of ruined the whole thing for me. Yeah, you don't want none of this. Yeah, <laughs> it's the best drug there is. Okay, but you should watch. It's not Rock- even habit for me. You should watch Rocket Man though. Because Rocket Band is like a musical kind of. It's different. It's a different kind of vibe. It's cool. Oh, it's it's got a little bit more Elton flair to it. Like there are parts where they the characters just breaking a song. It's fantastic. It's cool, and it doesn't feel cheesy. Uh, it sounds fabulous. Okay, well, I guess I hopefully I inspired you to talk about something or something. Yeah, or I might just use big chunks of this. I might just that, release this. You want to just release this? I'd be cool with that. You don't have to do. You don't have to take shit out, honestly. All right, you want to release it too? I don't care. Well, what do you think? I don't want to steal it from you. I, do you think? Um, I mean, it'll work either way. People are either going to listen to you or they're going to listen to me, and then they'll hear both of it, and then they'll listen to both of us. That's kind of what I feel like too. But if if you're cool with that, that's what I would say too. Because then I don't have to fuck with an episode tomorrow either. Yeah, we'll just call it a crossover show. Trophy husbands. Trophy husbands, a crossover show. It's like that time that RoboCop showed up at TJ Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Was like, no, I couldn't think of two shows. I don't know why I froze. Yeah, is, is I, that- I immediately started thinking about Star Wars Christmas, the original Star Wars Christmas. <laughs> Did you ever see that? No, I feel like oh, it's something dude, Seth MacFarlane like has made fun of, but I'm unaware you can of it. find it on YouTube now, and it's awful, absolutely awful. It's like Chewbacca has to get home in time for Christmas, <laughs> and there's all the little Chewbacca children, and they're like, "There's gonna be no." There's going to be no wreath festival this year. It was actually like bought off or like funded by Lucas. All of the actors are in it. It's awful. What, what was it on? Like on TV? I think it was on like, yeah, made for TV. They aired it once. And then George Lucas like bought all the rights, made sure nobody could Burned ever watch it. it. And then YouTube happened. <laughs> He's, the rumor has it Lucas still pays $200,000 a year in scrubbing the internet every day of it. He very very well might. But yeah, I saw it, and it is awful, awful, awful. It's like ALF-quality production, but with all of your favorite stars from Star Wars. And then, like, yeah, Ewok children. Not Ewok. Uh, what, what's Chewbacca? Wookie. Wookie. Wookids. Wookids. <laughs> I had to think of the song. Chewbacca, what a Wookie. I don't even know um, that song. Oh, it was from Clerks, I think. <laughs> I should yeah. know. Oh, Chewy. Um, Did you ever even get to the part about what you're gonna that you're going back to school? Oh, well, yeah. Let's let's wrap it up here soon, and I'll that'll be my last contribution. 
Yeah, so the school that I went to and got a bachelor's degree in literature, English literature specifically, uh, I found out recently that I still have time left on my Montgomery, uh, what is it called, the post-9-11 Montgomery J.I. Bill, which is something that they specifically gave to people who enlisted within a certain amount of time after you know the 9-11 attacks. Yeah. And that one was a little bit beefier and helped you out more, um, you know, I guess for incentive as an incentive for joining. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so they'll pay close to an entire mortgage payment monthly as long as I'm in school full time and I'm already doing this from home anyway. So, right. you know, if I can make the schedule work and get my mortgage paid, I'm, you know, I'll have to do a little extra writing that I wasn't going to do and wasn't yeah, planning good. on doing, but. I'll just look at it like work, like I'm getting paid for it. and Yeah, you can always, I mean, it always helps to be forced into more writing anyway, to practice, you know, and especially if they're teaching you different formats and different theories and stuff like that. Oh, hold on just one second. Hold on a second. Okay, go ahead. That, for some reason, it got really laggy. Oh, you good? <clears throat> no, I said it's always good I to, think get, so. to kind of have like forced, uh, to, anytime you can be forced into a, to the discipline of doing more creating more it's always helpful because you'll be learning yeah. probably new formats and different theories yeah. or whatever yeah they'll have like a script writing class and a fiction writing class which i don't know how focused it is but yeah anything that'll help me with uh, what i already do now yeah especially if it's free and or they're gonna pay me to do it oh yeah why not well good luck when's that are you like signed up for that is that happening uh yeah if i do for sure i i haven't signed up for the classes yet or anything uh or or you know signed up for the admission process but uh, i would be starting this fall if if and i probably will so yeah this fall make that a yes all right good job chris you're doing yeah it. cool my name is Kirk and I'll, Ross. Be, I'll be i'll be right near you so we can hang out more we can i know lunch. we can play we can play tennis over there we can play some tennis. <laughs> they have a nice tennis score. I, I, th that's like one of the whitest things you can ask someone to do, but it is kind of a fun, low impact sport. Yeah. That you can really, yeah. you know, Mitch Hedberg has a joke where he says, uh, tennis is a difficult sport because you'll, no matter how hard you try, you'll never be as good as a wall. <laughs> you know? I, I, while while I'm perfect. while I'm getting these Mitch Hedberg jokes out, there was one more that came to me earlier when you were talking about having to edit. You know, once you once your book gets picked up, you're gonna have to edit it. And Hedberg has a joke where he said, uh, I, "I turned in a screenplay, and the and the company said the, the editor said they liked it, but he thinks I need to rewrite it." And I said, "Fuck that! Let's just make a copy." <laughs> Oh, Mitch. <laughs> Just make it. Yeah. All right. <sighs> I don't know how you, maybe once you get in the zone of writing those jokes, then they just start coming to you. But man, the fact that he could write so many of those. Well, and they all killed. They all had, I, he's so, such a unique joke writer, but, and a unique brand. But he kind of does have somewhat of a formula. I don't think you thought of it this way, but like I can kind of write Mitch Hedberg jokes sometimes. <laughs> like if I see something and what uh, the way I think you do it is like you look at the outcome of it, like whatever the end product of the subject is and you mm. back out of that as if you don't know anything about all, any of the parts. Yeah. Does that make sense? I think so. Maybe not. Wait a minute. Say that again. You, so he he, ta he takes the subject like like the subject could be oh hold on a second it's getting all laggy and stupid again. <laughs> fuck it we could save this we could we don't need to give a dissertation on mitch edward jokes i can work on making this a better uh storyline any a better, or better narrative anyway there maybe that'll help sorry i was having some mild technical issues yeah no i can i know what you're doing now <laughs> I appreciate that. You seem like a yes from earlier. You you said you're a yes guy. That that's good. I I like that about you. Like I, I'm often I, looking for quick hitting things. Like I need it now. Like I asked you to make a thing for me, and you scrounged together a camera from the late 1800s, and then. But even still, it, it like happened. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. A lot of people are like, yeah. well, I gotta, I don't know, I gotta do this. And it's like, shut up. Are you in or not? Come on. Yeah. You know. Do it. It's fun. 
it's fun. And it, worst case scenario, you just wasted a little bit of time and we didn't do anything with it, you know? Worst case scenario, you accidentally offend the Olympic committee and, and then eight years later, your daughter is banned from the Olympics and her, yeah. her dream of Olympic steeplechase glory goes out the window. That's yeah, really the worst. My deathbed, my great great grandkids. <laughs> Damn you, grandpappy. <laughs> and your stupid podcast. It's odd to me that your great grandkids seem also quite elderly at this point and have a southern draw as well. So it seems like the family migrates south maybe after the book deal. Who knows? Yeah. After after the, the great uh the Great Lakes all flooded and rose and Michigan's no longer a state. There's just a tiny little patch of Iron Mountain. It's now Iron Island. <laughs> Ted Nugent owns it. He's the only one that Ted lives Nugent, there. Ted Nugent lives there and he shoots anybody who steps foot on it. A bunch of mounted human heads <laughs> on his wall. Um, Stay the fuck I, I, off my island. I've actually heard quite the opposite about Michigan, though, like how it's becoming a climate haven. I just saw an article the other day about some meteorologists making the point that like Michigan's climate is becoming more and more desirable as like places like Florida are becoming, you know, hellacious hellscapes. <laughs> I know that's redundant. <laughs> yeah, um, no, people, I know people are saying like water and high tide like comes up to the streets and parts of Miami now. Right. That's, that's a little disconcerting. And that one co condo collapsed. I wonder if that had anything to do with like the foundation just like eroding into the sea. I mean, <laughs> there's, uh, that's, that's a crazy story. My goodness. Yeah. I mean, I think fresh water in and of itself is a quite a special thing we have here in Michigan. Yeah. I remember that, the first time I was in the ocean when I was in Florida as a kid and I got water in my mouth and I was like, what the hell is this? Oh, eyes and shit. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> People are like, oh, I love the ocean. I'm like, what? Why do you, why? Wait a minute. Like, I can understand yeah, why. I have seaweed on my shoulder. I can't even open my mouth right now. And there's fucking predators all around me. Yeah. And there's yeah. sharks 20 feet away from me, probably all the time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so you can love the ocean, but you just can't love the ocean when you're sitting at Lake Michigan. Don't try and make it, don't try and put Lake Michigan into a contest with some big salty bodily of water that it doesn't want anything to do with. Okay. <laughs> like, I brought you here to Lake Michigan to show you this beautiful wonder, this gem of what we're, this Michigan coastline. Let's not compare it to Florida. Mm -hmm. You know, I get lit yeah. about that. I get fired up about this sometimes, Chris. I get, I actually had the joy of introducing some Texans to Lake Michigan once. And they were just like, wow, I can't believe it. This water is just like amazing compared to ocean water. Wow. <laughs> Don't See? get the waves that you would get in the ocean, but they weren't there for the waves. So there is somebody a, there... from California would be like, yeah, this is cool, but this is also lame. True. But in I, I have heard <laughs> like in autumn or in winter or something, we get some different kind of, we get some kind of different waving wave types here that like does bring pretty expert uh, surfers from all over the place. Like a specific cool. type of surfing. I don't know what it is. Like. <laughs> It's obviously not the big barrel. Maybe it's the guys that uh, surf the wake of the the, the freighter ships. There's, there's a whole band people, of people. There's a whole group of like old guys in Wisconsin from an old surf video I watched. They're like, "Yeah, we we go out and we surf the <laughs> we surf the wake, and then we come in and we have brats and beer." Like, of course you guys do. It's like a bunch of fifty year old Wisconsin guys in full full wetsuits, big guts. There's only two things I like more than a wake. It's a sausage and a good spicy mustard, you know? Oh, man. Maybe some cheese curds. <laughs> yeah, of course. When, the first time I had never seen Culver's. I was in college, and they were building a Culver's near my college, Saginaw Valley. And for a long time before, like, even the name was up, there was just a sign that said, Beer, uh, butter burger custard or butter burger chrome frozen custard all one run-on sentence right <laughs> so in our head we were like trying to figure out like that's all one thing um <laughs> and so i guess we were relieved when we found out that they were separate items both of which yeah. are delicious I've, that place is unhealthy as fuck though you know what i've still uh never eaten at one <laughs> i've driven by one a million times my parents are like oh don't you just love their ice cream i'm like i've never had never even been inside one i mean I'm not I'm, trying to avoid it. I've just I've never been with a group of people who are like, "Hey, let's go to Culver's." Yeah, but it's it's like earlier in my, in my earlier life, I I would have pushed you to go. You gotta try Culver's. You gotta try it. You know, because I enjoyed it before, and I think you probably would too. But as I'm getting older, it could be this very moment in time I'm making the switch. I'm gonna tell you, mm -hmm. don't go there. You know, it's greasy as shit. It's tasty, but you can eat a bunch of garbage anywhere. Like, just don't, you don't need to go there. You can be one of the few guys in the room that's not been to Culver's, and you should wear that like a goddamn badge of honor, Christopher. 
Yeah, kind of like I wear this brick of an iPhone as a badge of honor. The thing is, well, I like, think people, that's everybody but... has an iPhone. Well, not everybody, but you know, everybody for conversationally, everybody, everybody has an iPhone. I didn't get one at all until the iPhone five. That was the first one I got, and that was already like the seven was out. I think maybe the eight was just coming out, and I got the five. Now I still have the five. Nobody, I've I've met no one else who has a five. So at this point, I feel kind of punk rock, and I don't want to give it up. But like. I tried to get on one of my guests, my old guests, uh, Instagram live stories, and like the sound just dropped out for no reason. I was like, "Ah, oh, shit." Yeah, plan- <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised planned obsolescence hasn't like completely taken you out of the game yet. Like, I have to yeah. believe soon enough that after it's going to start being like, we're not supporting the five anymore. Well, my producer sent me an app. He was like, "Hey, man, I I got three uh, things for this new app that's still in development. Um, that you know they want some people to try. So I sent one to my friend and one for me, and I sent one to you. I was like, oh." Oh, it doesn't work on my iOS. He's like, God damn it. I can't get that back. One third of our, one third of our feedback out the, out the window because of this. Yeah. I'm sure if he had said something, but like, he was probably like, ah, I don't even want to admit that I have a friend that has an iPhone 5. He'd be like, he's like, you know what? I'm just going to mark this down as satisfied. <laughs> You're satisfied with the app for the investor. Yeah. yeah. We'll just call that a good, we'll, we'll give you a happy face. Well, Chris, this has been fun. It's un- unexpected. It's all I-, I needed some uh, something to jar me loose. I kind of have had haven't been feeling super creative the last couple of days. So, yeah, man, me too. Maybe there's just maybe it's been the air quality. The air quality has been terrible lately, dude. I've been waking up like all swollen and sneezy, and my eyes hurt. And uh, yeah, that could yeah, be things it. that most people would attribute to like being a cannabis enthusiast. It's just like five times worse than normal anyway. <laughs> That's why I keep drinking this water, man. My mouth is just sticking together. Uh, lip smacking. Oh, it's the worst. And that's actually something that my my friend Jason also, he calls me king of mouth noise. I'm going to do some ASMR. Yeah. There's a point in every baseball broadcaster's career where they just give up on like turning off the mic when they're eating hot dogs. Yeah. I don't know how like the the Jim Jim Price from the Tigers broadcast. I think they finally got rid of him. He might not. He might still be involved. But yeah. you just feel like oh, the Tigers are down eleven runs in the seventh. Ah, yeah. Another. <laughs> oh shit! I spilt my drink. Rob, yeah, exactly. Rob, I need to tell. He's rounding second. <laughs> I wish he was that enthusiastic. <laughs> he'd get, he'd instead he's ninety. He'd get like sidetracked by the the onion size or something. <laughs> well, guys, uh, this was kind of a uh, on, you're flying the wall during a conversation between uh, two guys trying to make uh, some creative shit happen. All right, man. Well, take care of yourself, and I'll uh, I'll see you later, man. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Make sure you check out A Talk in the Attic with Kirk Ross anywhere you get podcasts. And he puts all of his episodes on YouTube and does fun stuff with them visually, too. So check out A Talk in the Attic on YouTube as well. And look for more look for more Tropia Husband collaboration. Here's uh, Kirk to send you out. Dance, clown. <laughs>